0: A disability may slow you down, but it can't stop you unless you allow it to. Where there's a will, there is a way. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How are you feeling today, my friends? You're feeling good? You're feeling strong? You're feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. How are you making out with your doctor's appointments and your medication? You taking it the way it was prescribed? You keeping up with your supplies? You, you got enough medication in the house? great. You can't do better than that. Your doctor's appointments, are you still doing the virtual appointments or are you going out to the office? If you're going to the office, make sure you wear your mask. It's still a law that you have to wear masks into medical buildings and hospitals. So make sure you're wearing the mask. Make sure you're socially distancing yourself. The numbers are going back up again with this COVID-19 They're going up slowly but surely. And with all these different variants, you have to worry. If you didn't get the shot, maybe you might want to consider it. You know, the shot isn't a be-all and end-all, but it is not the be all and end all but its another weapon in your quiver. The same thing, the mask is a weapon. You know, even though you got the shot, you still have to wear the mask. There's no be-all and end-all cure against this COVID-19. So we still got to keep our guards up. Anyhow, we have got a good one for you today. I'm going to introduce you to Tracy Garner. She is the author of the book, Disability, an Anecdotal Field Guide for the Rest of Us. Let me tell you something real quick about Tracy. Tracy's not a doctor. She's not one of these people that like to study up on disabilities and tell everybody like she's an authority. Tracy actually walks the walk, and she talks the talk. Tracy is disabled. She's been disabled for 40 years, more than 40 years. And she's writing from experience. And she's taking information from other disabled people as well. She's not just blowing smoke up your butts with this book. And this book isn't a novel, this book is more of a reference book and it covers a multitude of topics about disability. But I'm going to let I'm going to let Tracy tell you all about it herself. But I just wanted to let you know, Tracy is the real deal. And on top of that, she is a professional author. That's right. Well, we're going to discuss all of that in the interview, but I just wanted to throw that out there. This isn't somebody just, you know, talking off the top of their head. Tracy is the real deal. And on top of that, she's a warm-hearted, funny, very funny person. She's a real person. She's not one of these uh, elitists. where she could be. She could be if she wanted to be, but she's not. She's a down-to-earth, very genuine person. So... I just wanted to put all that out there no no big fluff or hype this time i i want to get right to the interview so sit back relax and let me introduce you to tracy garner We're here with Tracy Garner. She is the author of Disability, an anecdotal field guide for the rest of us, and I believe we need it. Hello, Tracy. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, Jimmy. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Doing better than I should be, I guess. <laughs> How are you feeling today?
1: It's going great. I'm so happy to be joining you on this podcast, and I look forward to our conversation.
0: I've been looking forward to this all week. So tell us, I want to point out before we even start, that you are speaking from experience. You suffer from muscular dystrophy, am I correct?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: So you're not just blowing smoke, you're talking (laughs) from experience here.
1: (laughs) That's right, yep. Truly, I was identified with, uh, diagnosed with muscular dystrophy at the age of two years old. So, you know, 43 years ago, I'm 45 now, and I'm just trying to live this life as best I can and taking some notes on my observations for people to read and enjoy and laugh at and and have a good time and and really navigate their life with disability.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So, How long did it take you to write this book?
1: This book has been almost 10 years in the making. It didn't take me that long to write it. Um, I really am always writing. I've written a number of books in addition to this one. This is my 15th book actually, but only in, yeah, only in the last two years, I, I really finished the book. The book that that I had a vision for and what it eventually evolved to be were two different things. And so I had to kind of reconcile the two and, and create a product that I was really proud of, even though it kind of evolved and changed from my original my original thought.
0: Now it's a field guide. I feel yes. like I feel like we're talking military here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a field guide. Did something happen? in in your life that that caused you to want to write a field guide? Like, did you hit an obstacle somewhere that said, you know what, I'm going to share this with other people?
1: Well, when you're a person with a disability, as you well know, you hit so many obstacles. There are too many obstacles for one book. It can't be contained (laughs) in just one volume, and that's actually on the cover too. It says volume one. So I'm hoping that as I go along, um, I will have other people contributing their stories of their barriers and how they overcome. What I really wanted in this book is kind of a a guide to say when you come up upon transportation issues, here's what Tracy did to overcome those and to navigate them, and really to deal with some of the setbacks. I, you know, was learning to drive. I had to have a modified vehicle um, in that particular. Chapter on transportation. I talk about working with my vocational rehab counselor and how I was denied seven times to get the uh, life saving um, modification that I needed. And so I talk about caregiving, you know, how it is to hire and fire sometimes people to help you and assist you and get the support that you need. Um, And there are just nine chapters, nine separate chapters that seemingly like they don't have anything to do with each other. But there is definitely a recurring theme of this is what happened. This is how I dealt with it. And at the end of each chapter is take action. So I'm talking about how you can take action on that particular subject in your own life, and I really wanted to leave people with kind of a roadmap. So yes, it's a field guide in that I've gone through these issues, I observed what occurred, and I write in great detail about that, and then kind of moving on, going to the next step. So I hope that people, whatever they come up upon, they'll be able to refer to the book or the blog when it comes out. you know, almost like a yellow pages of, of finding tools and resources on what to do and how to navigate um, you know, their disability as it relates to their life goals.
0: One of the things I noticed from, from the press release, one of the topics you, you cover in there, which I think is very, very important for no matter what your disability is, is the emergency preparedness.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, disability is to me sometimes if one little thing upsets our apple cart. You know it is complete disaster so i am not talking about natural disasters and the things that befall everyone you know in a natural disaster we're all at risk regardless of disability but even in your own home you know what happens if your primary caregiver passes away suddenly um what happens if you know people go out for the day and they don't come back you know, um, for whatever reason, what happens if you have a disability and all of a sudden you have aging parents and maybe their memory is starting to fail them, you know, they're taking care of you providing the support, but now you're going to be the caretaker and you need help yourself. So how do you navigate some of the things, you know, my, my, you know, greatest scenario and something that I'm always trying to mitigate is, you know, what if my primary parent were to die, I already have one parent that's deceased, the caregiver didn't show up for the day, Um, maybe there's a flood or something at my house that I need to take care of. I'm just trying to think in the emergency preparedness chapter, these worst case scenarios that are compounded by disability. So that's what I, you know, people can't, what if you didn't have any caregivers? What if you need to hire an agency? You know, do you have money? Um, Do you have funds to hire someone from an agency? They have plenty of people. But you may be on a Medicaid-type program. You don't have the things that you need. So it's really having a contingency plan and really also thinking about these things. We're just kind of cruising through life often. And we're never thinking about what could befall us. What is one thing that would upset our whole lives? Do we have the money? Do we have the network and the resources to mitigate the fallout? And, um, you know, how are we mentally? Do we have enough to be able to figure out this is what I can do? Do I have other family members I could call? So I just kind of went through all of that, um, you know, in the emergency preparedness chapter saying, you know, it's not just emergency of extreme heat or extreme flood, uh, weather disaster. It's your own self that can be a disaster depending on how your disability affects your ability to live your life.
0: That makes sense. That makes that makes great sense, actually, because, mm-hmm. like you said, all it ha- all it has to happen is one little thing, and that could turn your life into turmoil.
1: Right, right.
0: Now the other thing too, and this I I, I didn't realize until a little bit ago: housing. How much housing can be such a problem? The, yes. Especially especially for wheel, wheelchair bound person. To get yes. something wheelchair-height and wheelchair-accessible is one of the hardest things to come by.
1: Definitely. it's just, And we're in a housing crisis. In mostly densely populated areas, there is no low-income and accessible housing available. So what are you going to do? The other thing I talk about in that chapter is just that, you know, your ideal situation of what you wanted, to look like as a person with a disability can't always be realized, but you're going to have to make some concessions. Like as a person who can't get out, bed by themselves every day i will probably always have to have a roommate or i'll have to have somebody that lives maybe one unit over you know that's not what i envisioned but that's my reality you know a lot of these young kids with different intellectual disabilities they really want to live on their own and they really want to you know they think they want their own apartment And they want to be, you know, a major adult, but there are a lot of things as far as safety, um, as far as calling for help if you fall or trip or hit your head, Um, as far as the medication that you're on and the way it affects you. You know, there are a number of things. And while it is a bitter pill to swallow, you know, not being able to live on your own all the time, it's just the reality and you can decide what your attitude is going to be you know, towards that. And so it's not about, you know, giving up the housing and the housing itself. And I encourage people to make a list of all the things they want and all the things they need and try to arrive at a happy medium. But it's also about, you know, the very bitter realizations of what your home situation is going to look like. So not everybody's ready for that. Not everybody's ready to admit, and even parents, because part of my book is also geared towards parents of children with special needs, parents of youth and young adults with disabilities, that you need to think about this. You're getting on in age. You're going to die. I'm sorry if anybody is not realizing that they're (laughs) going to die at some point. But you are going to die, and what is going to happen to little Johnny and Susie? And have you made plans for that? Because most people have not. Most people have not thought about that. They're I'm going to live forever, or he's going to die, he or she is going to die before me, and that'll be that. But people with disabilities are also not the only ones living longer because of the supports, the medication, and just our, it seems like, our undying will to live <laughs> as long as we can. So, you know, people aren't thinking about these. And that may, that,
0: that makes great sense also, this uh, planning ahead. And mm-hmm. you, you really have to, especially if you have a child, you have a child that that's disabled. You have to make plans. Yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. And I'm just going, I'm going over the list as we're talking, as we're talking. Here. Sure. And the caregiving. The, yeah, the
1: caregiving. Yes.
0: And like you um, said, that's caregiving. not cheap.
1: It's not cheap. Um, Even if you have a Medicaid program to supplement paying for them, that is not enough money. Um, I know in Northern Virginia, they're only paying $13.60 an hour. That is not a livable wage. And so it is almost impossible to find people that are willing to work um, with you on that. And so you also, again, back to the money issue, you need to have some money to supplement that Medicaid, what Medicaid pays. if You wanna find good people and you want people to stick with you and to stay with you, um, especially during emergencies or a family member goes in the hospital, they can't be with you. You're gonna need to come out of your pocket and incentivize them being with you and them staying with you. And that, you know, it is a major crisis in the pandemic really obliterated the healthcare industry It been so hard so hard to find people um as a result of the pandemic and people not putting up with these little wages anymore they don't have to do that when they can go somewhere and get a three thousand dollar bonus you know just for showing up i mean it's crazy so we you know it's not we're gonna have to stay more competitive in order to keep and find good people to hire and so you know that's really something people aren't thinking about
0: let me ask you now like in virginia do do they have that program where you can hire your hire a family member as a in
1: certain cases in certain cases yes they do have uh, the medicaid waiver program but there are still stipulations with that so then what if your primary person becomes ill or sick. And I really advocate, you know, people with disabilities, finding people that aren't family members, family members can always be a backup. They can always be a wonderful person. But let's say something happens to them, it's gonna be that much harder for you to scramble and find someone than if you had already been kind of used to finding people. I'm not saying family shouldn't do it. I'm just saying in addition to family, who else can I find to assist me? Right. And plus there's there's a lot of dignity, you know. If you have a falling out with your family member, trust me, I've been there. It is the worst. <laughs> you have this you have this long drawn out fight, and that night you're gonna like, well, I'm ready to go to bed now. Can you come help me? Or I'm ready to get up now, can I? you never know, you know? <laughs> of course you you love your family, but there are some people, some horror stories you hear about. And so it's nice. To be able to call a caregiver and say, "Hey, could you come over?" You know, someone. You don't have to go into detail about, "Yeah, I had a falling out with my mom. Could you come help me, please?" I don't want to ask her. You know, but these are the things that happen, and and I think you'll just have your independence. Um, you know, if you're able to do that, and if you're not, that's fine. But if you can, you know, have have that backup, know someone else, develop better relationships with friends that can help you personally. You know, and just and just think about who else, if this goes south, who else can I depend on?
0: Right, right. Now, one the, the next thing here you have on the list is recreation. Now, this to me, is, now I've gotten so many emails over the years about recreation, uh, and not even <laughs> recreation, just going out of the house. People seem to right. feel if they're if they're listed as disabled that they're a prisoner in their own house.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, that they're not allowed to smile. For some reason, some people feel that they're not allowed to smile. They're not allowed to ever be happy again because they're receiving disability.
1: Right, right. And And that's true. That's just, you know, so far from you need it. You need, you know, recreational opportunities just for your mental and physical health you know, going out. And the thing that's the problem with, you know, our groups of people is that the transportation is not always there to support us after 5 p.m. You know, things close up shop. I want to go to the movies. Movie starts at 7 and 8 and 9 o'clock. You know, how am I going to get there and how am I going to get back? So sometimes the infrastructure isn't there to, um, to support us. And then things are not always accessible. You know we have a lot of wineries here in Northern Virginia they don't think people with disabilities probably will ever patron them because most of them 90 percent of them are accessible and we do all of those things so people you know the industry needs to catch up and be more accessible and then we need the support in order to go out and also visiting you know other friends we need to think about our housing in a way that invites people of different abilities people that can't do so many steps You know, what can we do in the garage to make it more accessible? People always have to come over to my house because it's most accessible and I can't go to theirs, you know, and that's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. So it's really about ensuring that you have a way to find recreation. And the other thing that I bring up in that chapter is, you know, even though people with disabilities, you know, enjoy doing advocacy efforts, you know, enjoy speaking and giving testimonials. I do, certainly, at least. Um, I have to make sure and take a step from that because while that is fun to me, it also is real work. So I encourage people you know with disabilities not to get caught up in doing these things that are really at the end of the day work. Maybe having a little bit of fun, but let's try to find things that are really fun and not just you, you know, going somewhere all the time and speaking and doing advocacy. Of course, it's fun. You feel included, you feel purposeful, but you know, you need to have other outlets where you're just shooting the breeze with your friends and nobody's expecting you to have to do something. Right. Well, that's why I found a lot of my leisurely outlets was where I was having to do something to perform um, and to give, you know, a speech. And I really enjoyed it. I gravitated towards it. And I was in a lot of leadership positions. I was a lot of presidents of different organizations. And while that was fun, I had to think about why am I doing this? It's because I want to feel included. It's because these people are kind of my friends, kind of not, they're colleagues. It was, um, I got a lot of respect from doing those things, but it was also exhausting, you know? So I wasn't having fun all the time. I needed to really find things that were a lot of fun and not just wrapped up in, you know, a disguised another work opportunity.
0: No, you have to go out, have coffee, (laughs) go to a park, yeah, Mm -hmm. go fishing if that's what you like to do or something like that.
1: Something like that. Something where you're not doing, 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 working, working, working.
0: Right. You have to be able to go out Mm -hmm. and let the sun hit your face. Yeah. Right.
1: But I think we're just naturally such organizers. Um, You know, we'd like to to just do stuff. We want to feel um, productive and contributing members of society. And I just think that that gets um, convoluted um, a bit. Well, difference between work-life balance.
0: One of the things I find is that when people see uh, people with disabilities out enjoying themselves for some reason, and I hate to use this term, able-bodied people mm-hmm. seem, to, seem to get an attitude about it. As if you're not supposed to be enjoying yourself. I had a guest on the podcast a couple of years ago. This fellow, Oski, is a truck driver. And he he gave me a ration of nonsense about people people with disabilities having parking permits. Why do they mm-hmm. need parking permits if they're disabled? Why are they going out? This was his that was his uh, his oh, speech. Gosh. I said, well, mm-hmm. the same reason you go out, you know. But and then I since then I've gotten other people with the same thing. Why do they need handicapped space? Why do they need handicapped spaces at Disney World? Was one of the emails I got. Why not?
1: So ridiculous. It's it so is, ridiculous.
0: and it's not everybody, but there's a there's a there's enough of them out there that feel that if you're disabled, you're a prisoner, mm-hmm. or, or not a prisoner, but you you should be in your house if you're receiving any kind of benefits. You should be in your house, and that's the other thing with people that receive benefits. I hate, oh, do I hate when they call it an entitlement. This is something that right. you had to pay into. It's an insurance mm-hmm. that you had to pay into, and now you're collecting on that insurance. Nobody's handing you anything.
1: That's right. That's it's right. the
0: same thing as if you wrecked your car. Mm-hmm. you paid insurance when you and you get money to fix your car. Or or buy a new car. Nobody's giving you that. You paid for that.
1: And, That's right. And, and you I, earned it.
0: Right, exactly. And I try to explain this to some people that, that do call in or write in. And it goes nowhere. It's like it goes in one ear and out the other. They don't want to hear about it. They think you're mm-hmm. on some kind of government program and you're on a vacation. Well, they can have my vacation. I'll take you, right. I'll take your hard work and you can have my vacation and, but you have to take all the problems with it.
1: Right. And not only that, they just, they can't believe that we travel and that we do things on our own. You know, I was appalled when someone asked, I ran into the store. My mother was with me one time and someone from um, an older church we used to drink with came over and said, you let her go in the store by yourself. And I was like, <laughs> What rock do you live under? You know, it's like, you know, um, I go in the store all the time. So I'm going to get something quick, I can move fast, I can go in there, I can get it, and I can be out. You know, and it's just like, what, where, where do these people come from? You know, you just, you're just astounded each time it happens that there aren't enough of us, you know, going around living our life that there isn't more awareness. So, um, you, and then people on the other side, too, the service providers sometimes frown at you. If you need a little assistance in the store, it's like they work there. You know, you need assistance and then they want to frown at you because you need help. Like, why didn't you bring your caregiver a or something? Right. That just makes me so mad, too. Oh, so a, I,
0: I I agree with you 200 percent, 200 percent.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it annoys me. It, For some reason, life annoys me when it comes to something like that. I have no problem. I I would rather be independent. It it Mm -hmm. irks me to have to ask somebody to help me. It really does. But Mm -hmm. you know if I ask, I mean, they don't know. But for me, if I ask, it's because I really have to ask. Mm -hmm. But
1: some people are, are so willing to help. They're like, of course. It's my pleasure, you know. And then we go to other people are like, well, I don't know why. you're Why are you even here without your caregiver? Like, where are they? Where are they? Like, you know, and that costs money, too, to have them come and do something when I can just go out and you're just getting it off the shelf. It's not like I asked you to carry <laughs> 20 bricks yeah. from the back of the store to the front of the store. I just asked you to get something that's high up off the shelf. Which a sh- even a person of short stature or just a short person would need help doing. And I will take it in my lap and and check out. You know, like sometimes people have asked, acted like you just asked them to move, you know, Africa to the other side yeah. of the world or something. It's right. just ridiculous. And then other people are like, oh, they even see you sometimes. And they're just so willing. Like, oh, do you need any help? Can I get something for you? And I, those people are just, I'm just like, oh, you're so wonderful. Right. You know. But you Which have is, to look, you know, why can't other people be like that? If you're in a position to help, why can't you enjoy it? Why can't you try to be of assistance to someone else? Because you know what? One day you're going to need it too. That's the sad thing. You're but- not even thinking ahead to, the, 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 to a time when you also might need assistance, you know, or, or you probably have already, you didn't like it, so you begrudgingly help others. You know, but that's we are all, you know, here even to help each other and to try, you know, to do our best But playing good citizens.
0: Playing devil's advocate, though, there are people out there that have a disability, granted, but they don't try. They don't try. And they'll look for any excuse to get someone else to do something for them.
1: That's right. That's
0: right. We do have we do have them on our side, too. You know where they were all nice that happens. people
1: able body disabled doesn't matter that's a jerk can be a jerk exactly in clothing.
0: a jerk is a jerk mm-hmm. is a jerk
1: that's right they're disabled and they're not disabled too
0: yeah i've I've seen that happen a ton of times you know mm-hmm. uh, you ever go into Walmart and see some of those people with the electric carts yes <laughs> <laughs> they they can't reach something.
1: Why can't they make those things go faster? That's my oh, that's that's,
0: yeah, please.
1: (laughs) Because they take out the whole store display, probably. They're not quite adept to driving it in a pass, so it has to go slow. And then the loud beeping back up. Like you just draw attention attention to myself. I hate that.
0: I hate that. I I don't. I I don't back up. I go around the aisle and come back. I hate that (laughs) beeping noise.
1: But <laughs> you know, I'm sure they wish would, would go faster too. They don't want any attention. Exactly. Just, like,
0: but I watched a lady one time in there, and very—I mean, she was a rotund lady. She she was <laughs> she was big, and she couldn't—you know—she was reaching for this and reaching for that and asking every aisle. She was asking somebody to get something down for her, and mm-hmm. then she made it to the snack aisle. <laughs> and I'll be damned it was a miracle she was able to stand up
1: <laughs> hey she's got her priorities in order those snacks are really important <laughs> she was able
0: God is my witness she stood up and she was grabbing stuff off the, off the high, high shelves it was a miracle <laughs> it wasn't that I was following it's just that she goes so slow she was it just happening to be in front of me wherever I went, but oh, yeah,
1: and when they're there, they are always it's like getting stuck behind a school bus. That's just, yes, how it exactly, is. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and the lights are flashing all the time, right? And they're going
1: the same <laughs> route as you, there's, it's one way, um, on each side. You can't, there's no passing lane,
0: <laughs> and the stop sign Bye. keeps popping out, <laughs> yes, <laughs> man. But yeah, it's the truth, but anyway. Recreation is very important. I, I, mm-hmm. find, I find that one of the most important things on your list because you can either sit home and learn the words to every TV show and be able to recite it for them, or you can get up and move. What happens if, you sit, if you're sitting home be, become a, a couch potato, number mm-hmm. one, the first thing that's going to get to you is going to be diabetes. Right. The, there's no ands or buts about that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. Once you become like this couch potato, your meal plan changes because you're no longer getting up to, to eat meals because you're, the, you're just there.
1: So and you, you can't really eat them that well, too. Right. And even cardiovascular disease and other things that really set.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you find yourself eating ice cream for breakfast, potato chips for lunch. <laughs> And yeah, ice cream that's... for dinner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so getting out and getting some air in your lungs and moving around a little bit, like you said, cardiovascular disease, peripheral artery disease, mm-hmm. it, it's it's all important. It's important that you move. And, you that's know, right. you just got to move. Even if you just go outside, get some fresh air, walk around in your driveway or in front of your building or
1: anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. It's So good for you. It just reinvigorates you. And I found, too, that there are a lot more things that are accessible that you never would have thought of. Um, There is an entire list of accessible trails um, that the Parks and Recreation National Park Service, they put together things that are accessible for you to go that are usually right in your backyard. And often as a person with a disability, you can get free membership. Would, or three passes for a certain amount of time here in order to go do these things. So even if you're just going through a nature trail or, you know, something that has a beautiful waterfall, just taking that in is also good for your mental health, which is eight, another chapter that eight, I talk about in the book, too.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I was just I was just going to say that about the discounts, because I found that bigger places too, like Disney World, SeaWorld, a lot of these big amusement parks, they offer discounts. Mm-hmm. All, you, all you have to do is, and I would suggest people do it, is have you your letter of eligibility for Social Security. Make a right. photocopy of it and keep it with you if you go into these places and just show it to them. They'll give mm-hmm. you up to a 50% discount in some of these places and, going in.
1: Yeah sometimes you can even call ahead and they will, you know, especially Disney world and the, the Disney world and the Disney Right. I believe they have a list of uh, all the rides that are accessible. So you can be sure to hit those and not waste your time with anything that's not accessible. to Right.
0: But even, even if you don't go on the rides just to go to Disney world and just, mm-hmm. you know, be amongst people, be amongst yep. other people. And, and, you don't have to, if you do go on the rides, you don't have to wait online. Or you can you can wait online, but you can wait in the shade. It's better than waiting out in the, you know. But, yeah. uh, and SeaWorld, I find SeaWorld, SeaWorld very nice. But there's a whole list of parks. If you look them up on the computer, there mm-hmm. there's lists for every state of parks that offer discounts or free admission for people right. with disabilities. And mm-hmm. if you go on to, if you look into AARP, they also yeah. have in their magazines. They have discounts for people with disabilities or older people, or you mm-hmm. know, or for both. There's a lot out there that helps people. You always hear people saying, "Oh, I'm on a limited income and I can't afford this and I can't afford." It. But there are a lot of discounts out there that, right? You know, and, that, and
1: often the accessibility standards um, have now in the last few years, become a major selling point. So they want to tout those available services to you so you'll come and visit and you'll patron. Because we have income to dispose and places to go and people to see and things to do too. So they are actually using that to their advantage to tout, you know, why they are also a good place to visit because of some of the accessibility features that they have.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's why your book is so important. Because mm-hmm. it touches on all of these things, and people people with disability, this is a book. This isn't a book that you're going to buy and just say, "Oh, I'm going to read it once." This is something that it's a field guide. This is something you're going to go back and look at and look at and look at again and again and again.
1: I hope so. Like I you said, do.
0: like you said, it's like a yellow pages.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, that was my goal for sure.
0: Now let's talk about volume two. That's com- that you're working on.
1: Yep. Yeah. Volume two, I'm hoping that other people, even after reading uh, volume one, um, my goal really is to have at least five volumes of so many disability topics. And so in the back of the book, I actually ask, you know, readers, is it your turn with a question mark? In that what I hope it'll be your turn um, to write an article to write a chapter for the book. Uh, much the same way or at least the same structure that I have where you talk about key takeaways. That's what I put at the front of each chapter. Then I tell the story of what I went through related to that subject. And then I have take action. That is about, you know, what you can do to take action and to address the issues so that you could be successful. And is it your turn? It's just simply asking the question, would you like to contribute to this book? Um, I, I gave some um, possible topics, but really, it's really open-ended. People can go. If they have a, something that they read that sparked an idea that they should write about a hard time or something that they eventually triumphed over, I want them to contribute to volume two, three, four, and five. So I'm hoping to really build the next collection from others, I don't want to write any of it. I want everyone, um, whether it's nine chapters, whether it's twelve or fifteen, um, you know, let us put together the next compilation of stories and anecdotal advice um, for people, for readers, and it'll just be this this kind of growing thing on my website, on my blog, and also available for purchase. So I hope to really make it a series. That's that's my ultimate goal of. of is also contributing to
0: the next the next book. Well, we're going to we're going to have the the uh website where you can contribute your work to in the show mm-hmm. notes of this podcast. But I will say this, I know quite a few people on living with a disability our group page on Facebook that right. could add tons of stories to this book. And you know who mm-hmm. I'm talking about out there, so Get to writing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start pushing some of you people. But <laughs> anybody, <laughs> anybody, because I've heard so many stories from people, and you guys triumph over over all these obstacles. I mean, people that have been in comas, and now they're out hiking. Right. You, Those, a, these are success stories.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell, tell others how you do it. That's, that's what this book is all about. And, and you can help other people do it. Great, that. right.
1: And that's the whole thing. I want us all to share. You know, all of us have so many amazing tips and tricks and ways that And I'm, and I, when I talk to my other disabled friends, I'm like, oh, my God, i never thought of that. And so we are the most adaptive probably group there is because we always have to take something that's completely inaccessible, rig it up, duct tape it, sew it, <laughs> you know, get your mom and your dad to sew it. Uh, rip it and put it back together, we are just so good at, you know, fixing things and finding a way. Um, And so I really just want to put all of those on paper or online, you know, any article, any chapter that doesn't make it into the book, I still would like people to consider, um, you know, putting it on the blog because we can create like a clearinghouse of, of field guide notes on like a gazillion disability topics. And so that's really my goal. I want to go somewhere and I want to find, how did you handle this issue under recreation? How did you, you know, did you find accessible gym in your area? No, but I started one. You know, and everybody came, we shut the gym down Saturday mornings, 9 to 12. And any person with a disability can come and not feel scrutinized or made fun of and just work out because you're with your other disabled peers. They are people who have done that exact same thing. And we need the guide and we need the steps so that we can do that in our own communities, because that's how change happens. That's how awesome things get started. You know, that's how we make a difference and it gives somebody a recreation opportunity, you know, so for people who don't have that, read the book and this is how you're going to be able to do that. So going forward, like I said, volumes two, three, you know, four and five, um, you know, we'll just, we'll be more people. I might contribute every now and then, but I really want to curate This next batch, because I know there's going to be so many people who want to be a part that there's going to be no need for Tracy to write a chapter except the forward and the afterward, you know, and that's (laughs) it. Um, And and really kind of you know get the table of contents going together. But I look forward to kind of just being at the helm of of curating all this collection of things that people are going to contribute to.
0: I think I think that's such an excellent idea. And like I said. I've heard so many people have stories of success. And I think sharing those stories would be a big help to everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly do. And I've heard, yeah. I've heard people tell how they got around these obstacles, under the obstacles, over the obstacles. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be a great <laughs> way to share them. Yes. Now, yeah. I have to ask you this. I'd, I'd be amiss if I didn't ask you this. When I was researching you <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up this book the the field guide for, for disability and I come across romantic novels Yes wow.
1: Well mixed up
0: <laughs> Wow did I blush <laughs> You you are not only uh, a writer about disability but you write romantic novels you were the former president of the Washington romance writers DC chapter yes my <laughs> god do you have a full life <laughs>
1: and yes.
0: I was I was very re- you know just perusing the books and uh, the for anyone that <laughs> that has a you know, nothing to do at night. These are books that might keep you busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Definitely. I have, um, you know, I've always loved the written word. Um, in college, you know, as looking for something, looking for purpose, because my academics were failing. Um, I just started, you know, just writing. I remember being in the math class, and I couldn't figure out the math problem on the paper, and I didn't know what the teacher was talking about. Fractions and some kind of other geometrical, whatever um, equations that I had no idea how to solve. I actually turned my paper over, and there started, you know, the stories of love and romance, and um, also <laughs> a, little <laughs> step, a little. Wait, step. wait a minute! <laughs> I think you, I you went from fractions me. to this. <laughs> yes, yes, fractions are about dividing and multiplication. <laughs> getting some addition get some addition with another partner i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) um i just escaped that was my whole thing i just escaped and i had to leave this thing that was just so devastating i used to cry i would cry after math class was over and you know somebody would come over to me like what's the matter i'm like i can't do it i hate math and i just can't do it i took math for liberal arts twice and then i had to take 102 I took 101 and failed it, and then had to take 102 and failed it, so, um, so I entered a contest uh, when I was in college um, about for writing a book, and I submitted my work, my story that I had written while I was in college, um, and I won a contest. I won a trip to New York and a $500 advance, which was a lot back then to so a 20-something year old, and I, I just um, went to New York with my parents. They paid for us to come up there, and I got some recognition over my novella that they were going to put into this anthology um and that just really changed my life so i've written 14 uh romance novels um well really maybe 12 to because i do have two other uh, nonfiction books but i just love you know the idea of love and i love things working out the happily ever after that comes from reading a satisfying romance. Um, I give my characters obstacles, the same obstacles that I have in life. Um, And then the suspense part, it's just, you know, some, some car chases, somebody's trying to kill the heroine or the hero, um, some little fights, baby mama drama, all of that thrown in for good measure, but they eventually, you know, settle down um, and get to the love part and, you know, find their happily ever after. So, I don't. I don't know.
0: If you were writing this during math class, and and you came out crying, I would think if you were writing this during math class, you'd come out and have to smoke a cigarette.
1: No, maybe I was, maybe I, prefer, well, I didn't want to injure myself further. I didn't want this book to my own. So perhaps crying was another release oh, okay. that I, I could have that wasn't so devastating <laughs> and, you know, on smoking campus, too. So, oh, okay. um, but yeah, but I cried because it was so hard. I never got through it. And then the writing part really saved me and gave me an alternative to do. And when I won the contest, actually, you know, and, and people were saying, well, wow, you're a really good writer. That helped build me up. And actually, my grades and everything got better because I had this other thing that if I get through college, I can go home and work on this, you know, and I can pursue this. Um, so that was really when I when someone tells you you're really good at this, it just bleeds and motivates into every facet of your life. Sure. And so that's kind of happened to me. I really prayed. You know, I remember crying in math class and going home and I was crying and really praying too. Like, please help me, please give me something else in case I can't get these grades and I flunk out of college. Because I had also already flunked out of college one time before because I went to a four-year school and it was just not for me. I didn't feel like of the supports. There is a disability services support office at a lot of different colleges and universities now, but they are exponentially better now than they were when I went through. They kind of didn't really know how to support people with disabilities. I'm on this big campus, 300 people for per class, one professor, one teacher's assistant or whatever, that's also really another student. You know, and I just could not survive. So when we moved, my parents moved from one county, Fairfax, to another county right next to that. And I went to community college because it was right in my neighborhood. I could actually roll up the street to it. It was that close. Mm -hmm. And transportation was horrible. But I just remember, like, I have to do something. I need to graduate or I need another career path. And so I was able to do both because I found writing. And so that was just such a major game change. Well, thank God God you did. I always write my romance and and pursue my romantic suspense novels.
0: Like I said, your website. I I (laughs) thought I was in the wrong place for a second.
1: It's that that scroll-folding marquee that gets you. You see the field guide and you're like, ooh, people are oh, my God.
0: All of a sudden, all all of a sudden, I forgot about the 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 field guide, and I was looking at the other
1: stuff. <laughs> You're intrigued, yeah, but, but to just to be clear, I do write kind of an inspirational, uh, clean, wholesome romance. So yes, there's nothing yes, else,
0: no, there's nothing. If
1: you have no, own dirty imagination, that's on you. Exactly. I, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, there's a thread of of inspiration uh, underlying the, the romance and the suspense part. So it's all good. Anybody can read it.
0: Exactly. It's where your mm-hmm.
1: mind goes. That's right. <laughs> it, it, Some it's... of us are just in the gutter already. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you need a ladder to I'm get out terrified. of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Tracy, this has been great. This has been mm-hmm. really great. Absolutely and thank you. I, I'm really impressed with your work. I really am. And I think, I, I think this, this series, the anecdotal field guide for the rest of us, I think this series is going to be a winner. Because Me too. You're, you're, you're opening up to a, a large group. People don't realize, people really don't realize how many people have disabilities. Mm-hmm. It, that's because we're kept in the shadows yeah you know, right no no one wants to like you you were saying earlier before we got on that they don't refer to us really as people they refer to the elderly and just kind of lump us into that
1: right right
0: you know nobody says oh the disabled unless it's a unless it's a lawyer's uh commercial on TV
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but People don't realize, and well, they're, they're, they're slowly starting to realize, I think. I think it's starting to come out a little bit more, mm-hmm. but not fast enough. But you're going to you're gonna touch on a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be touched on with this book. I think, like you you had said earlier, that this is like a Yellow Pages for someone with mm-hmm. a disability. And it's not a book that you're going to sit down and read like a novel. This is going to be a book that you're going to use as a reference. I,
1: I hope so. Now take the take the advice, then go do the advice. That's really what I hope.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I want to keep in touch with you. Yeah. As as mm-hmm. these volumes come out, because I, I, I I'm I'm really intrigued by this. I'm really intrigued. Now, this book is not ready yet. When is when is it going to become
1: available? The book is available for pre-order, and so it will be in your inbox on your Kindle. In your in your mailbox on January seventh, if you order today, so it'll be available in ebook, hardcover, and paperback. And, and so, first they... we can. So you can go on Amazon.com. You can also go to my website. I'm going to try to do a limited number of signed copies, so I'll be mailing those. But the link will be available soon. And you can always email me. You can email me at hello at tracygarner.com. Um, that, again, that's hello, H-E-L-L-O, at Tracy Garner. My name is spelled T-R-A-C-E-E, Garner, G-A-R-N-E-R.com. And I would be happy to send anyone who wants one. Um, and uh, we'll pay through the link and get you a signed hard copy. Okay? Hi.
0: Right, well, we're going to have all those links. If you didn't write that down, we're going to have all the links in the show notes. So don't worry about writing it down, or if you didn't get it, it'll all be there. You'll be able to click on it, bring it right to Tracy's website, and you can write it there and everything else. Everything will be taken care of in the show notes. So everything will be there. You'll be able to order the book. I'd say order the book signed, because this is going to be big. (laughs) And... This is from a person that lives with a disability. This isn't someone that doesn't have a disability telling you what to do. This is somebody that lives the life. So that makes it even more special. Remember that. Tracy, mm-hmm. I wanna thank you for being on with us today. And, thank and you. Um, like I said, I definitely wanna keep in touch with you. Mm-hmm. So sure. yeah, but as as things progress, I want. I we're gonna keep on pushing. We're gonna keep on pushing your books out because I think it's so important for the people in the com, in in the disability community. I, think I would it, love that. I think thank it's so you. important, and I think your romantic novels are good for recreation. <laughs> That's <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> so smoke, smoking optional. There you go. <laughs> yes,
0: vaping. <laughs> um, but thank you again. And uh, I will talk to you very soon. Thank you for okay. being here today.
1: Alrighty, thanks so much. Okay. Have a wonderful day.
0: I'd like to thank Tracy for being here today and sharing her information about her book Disability and Anecdotal Field Guide for the rest of us. And I suggest you get the book whether you read it on Kindle or paperback or hard copy. Get the book. And me personally, I'm going to take advantage of having the book signed. I love signed copies of a book of a book. That's just me. I like to get authors' signatures on the the books. But thank you again, Tracy. And I really had a good time talking to you. And everybody, take advantage. If you like to write, write about your disability and how you get around it. And have it added to volume two of her series here. And get your byline in the book. All the links that she talked about during the interview are in the show notes for today's episode. So make sure you take advantage of them. Go check out her website. Check out her Instagram and everything else. And again, put down your thoughts about your disability on paper or on the computer and send it to them. Send it to Tracy. She's going to help you even edit it and give give you the byline in the book. Something to think about. Now, we'll be back again Friday when we speak to Sam Mitchell about his podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls. That's, another, that's going to be another good podcast there. And Sam is another good guy. And we'll find out the, what goes on in the background for his podcast. So you're not going to want to miss that. And let me just say, from all of us here at An Apple a Day and Famous Apple, and from my family to you and your family... Have a wonderful, wonderful, safe, warm, happy Thanksgiving. And if you're not going to get a chance to celebrate with your family and your friends this year, don't worry about it. Make a phone call. Do a Zoom session or a Skype and get together with them that way. You know, we may have to make sacrifices again this year, but next year's another year. And if you're not going to be celebrating with someone, or if you're going to have to be alone, you're not really alone. You have the computer. Talk to other people. Make a phone call. Relax. Have a nice relaxing day. Watch some football maybe, or watch a couple of movies. Get Netflix going. Fire that up. But think of ways to enjoy yourself. Give thanks for all the hard times by relaxing. Lay out on the couch. Just do you for Thanksgiving, if that's the case. But don't feel blue about it. Don't feel bad about it. Relax. Take this time to really unwind and just chill out. All right, my friend. Hey, we'll be back on Friday. And I look forward to talking to you again. You've been listening to an apple a day. My name is Jimmy Apple. And I'll see you in a day or so. Have a good one, my friends. Happy Thanksgiving.